Hello again, Hopers. I'm glad to be with you today. And uh, we are here at the end of the month of May. The year is flying by. And we are just engaged in the Word of God uh, week in, week out, hopefully day in, day out. Um, as I look at the Bible in front of me, uh, I think about the way that I captured some of these thoughts as I read through this particular book uh, last year in the book of Proverbs. And I thought maybe it'd be helpful just to say sometimes when you're reading the Bible, especially if you're reading a, a physical copy of the Bible in your hands, it sometimes is a really good thing to have a pen with you uh, to do whatever it is that helps you capture what you are learning or have learned, what you noticed in that moment. Some people write a lot. Some people don't write at all. But I want to tell you that for me, I do write sometimes, I, I especially in this passage uh, and throughout this book, have little brackets around things that stuck out to me. I'll put a, a word or two or a, a you know five or six word phrase in the margin next to it. What it does for me is it reminds me that that caught my attention. And as I look back at it, it brings back to mind what caught my attention about it. And if I put something in the sideline, it's a, it's a thought that maybe was something that extended from what was written there to how I thought about it. And it's just a way to capture so I don't always just go back to relearning and relearning and relearning. And I want to just encourage you to find some way for you to capture what you're learning. Presumably, you are reading the Bible on a regular basis, hopefully day by day. That's one of the reasons we did the bookmarks and the reading plans is so that you would read day by day. There is nothing that will impact your spiritual life in a practical way more than reading the Bible on a daily basis. So find a way to do that. Find a way to incorporate that into your life. I'm not saying some kind of guilt thing, some kind of high pressure thing. I'm saying find something that actually works, not an aspirational thing. I'm going to read every night before I go to bed, but you really have lost track of your life by the time you go to bed. Or I'm going to read at 4 a.m. I never get up before. Not something like that. I'm talking about something that works. So find something that works. Today, I want to read a couple of verses from Proverbs 18. I called today all by myself. And what I read in these verses, it's an example of how what I read in these verses isn't exactly what's on my mind. It does have some, some application and some things that we can talk about from it, but I want to read them to you. It says this, verse 18, chapter 18, verse 1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Verse 13 says something similar. It's kind of connected. It says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So in both of these verses, what, what really kind of gives me, what my, where my mind goes, what gives me a, a thought is this idea of being all by myself and being all by myself by my choice, whoever isolates himself. And in both of the, the, the second half of that verse, as well as verse 13, it's I'm by myself and I don't have to listen to anyone else. Now, I know that there are moments in life and maybe there's a whole season in life where it feels like, boy, if I could just not have to listen to other people, that would be heaven. That would be wonderful if I could just have some quiet space in my life. And full confession, I have that uh, necessity in my life as well, that reality to my existence that I can't be around people all the time. I can't be in conversation all the time. I am one of those people that they, they call an introvert. I'm a social introvert. I'm not um, nervous or shy, but at the same time, I can't just go and go and go in relationship and conversation and connection and talking and not wear out. So I'm not talking about introvert versus extrovert here. I'm talking about someone who isolates themselves. 
is someone who says, it's better for me to be by myself. Now, sometimes we are isolated and it isn't by our choice, or we feel isolated and it isn't by our choice. A betrayal or an abandonment, or you just can't seem to find the relationship or the connectedness that you want, and it feels kind of hopeless. I think the enemy loves to hit that button for people. I've had conversations and I feel like there are reflections of this attack, this spiritual attack on them. Uh, nobody likes me. I never can find anybody. I never can get connected to anyone. And, and that, that kind of person, when they believe that lie, just stay stuck all the time. But often I find people who are like, it's just easier. I just don't like to be around people. It's just harder. I just, I, I need a lot of time to myself. I don't need anyone in my life. And when I hear that, what I think is you have begun to adopt an idea of something that isn't healthy. And the reason I know it's not healthy is because the way that the Word of God talks to us. Even back in Genesis, where God creates man and woman, and in Genesis 2, when he creates man but woman isn't there, he says it is not good that man should be alone. So I can't contradict God's assessment of this way he created mankind, that God said it's not good for a man to be alone, but I'm going to be alone and it's going to be good for me. Similarly, if that were the only place in the Bible, you could say, well, he's just talking about Adam. But throughout the word of God, there is a drive toward community, even a design on community. Uh, we see it simply in 1 Corinthians 12, as God talks about the body of Christ and our need for one. The body can't say, I don't need you, or you're not as good as me, just because you don't do that. In fact, God made us need one another. That's the point as you read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 12. And in Hebrews 10, very famous passage where God says, don't forsake gathering together, assembling yourselves together. And in the verses before that, it makes it clear that there is a spiritual necessity of that. There are some things that people can do for me when I've lost my way, or I don't have the perspective I need, or I, I, I need to see more or understand something different. I need other people to speak into my life and my circumstance. Believers don't glorify isolation. What I'm saying to you is alone as a choice of lifestyle isn't healthy. And so believer for yourself, let's not ever fall into that trap. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about some rhythm to life of alone time. I'm talking about a choice that says, I'm going to push everybody away. And if you can't stop yourself from pushing everyone away, there's probably a deeper issue there in your life that you need to address. This issue that is being talked about in Proverbs is they seek their own desire. They break out against all good judgment. The idea is that someone seeks isolation because now I have everything my way. Now I'm comfortable. I am doing this for my own ability to be in charge of my life, to have the flavor and the, the context of my life how I want it to be. I, again, have no argument that there are some people that shouldn't be in our lives. But that doesn't mean no one should be. As a matter of fact, you need deep, powerful, regular connection. So I may need to remove certain people in unhealthy, dysfunctional ways from my life, but I also cannot take that as a life philosophy that because I got someone who was unhealthy or someone who was detrimental to my spiritual well-being out of my life or distanced in my life, that therefore I should distance everyone so that I can maximize my health as a spiritual person. I'm not saying we need to be around people all the time. I'm not saying we need to be in conversation with people all the time, but I am saying we need real and deep connection. And I'm going to say this just on top of that. We need specifically connection with people who are not like us. 
I know that there's affinity that we can make easy connections. I'm a you know a grandfather with some grandchildren. It's easy for me to make connections about that. Uh, I'm a sports fan. It's easy for me to make connections about that. I'm a Christian. It's easy for me to make connections about that. So I, I know that shared interests are some of the foundation of connectedness. But I also know that we far too often say, that's not my kind of person or I have nothing in common with them. And so we don't look at that as an opportunity for us to stretch and grow. Maybe I don't need comfortable. Maybe I don't need my life to feel good uh, in every relationship. Maybe I need challenge. Maybe I need formation. And maybe the only way that God can do that in my life is by asking me to not choose to isolate myself in convenience and in comfort. Believers, let's lift up our eyes and look around. Let's assess our lives and see how how healthy of a format do we have in our lives for relationship? How large is our sphere of good, healthy, formative connection? Some of the basis for that certainly is the formalized gathering of the church, but that's a jump off point. I think if you take out the gathering together at church, you take out a lot of your resource for connectivity. But I think if all you have is the gathering at church, you really are underplaying what you need in your life. So let's ask the Lord today, God, how am I at the connections I need? Where do I need to see your direction in my life to move towards people, to be deliberate and intentional about investing and connecting my lives to others, to both serve them and to be served by their giftedness for me? How can I embrace the plan that you have for my life with other people?